Welcome to the Gathering Church. It's always a privilege and honor to be here to share before you. For those of you who may not know me, I'm Edgar Torres. I'm one of the associate pastors here at the Gathering Church. And it's just truly my, again, and just an honor and privilege to just come before you as we could continue to unpack the gifts of Christmas. And as Pastor already shared last week, we talked about God's hope, a hope that comes from God, that, that never fails, that is a sureness of his hope, hope past, hope present, and the hope that is to come. We have hope from God. Amen? So today is my privilege and honor. I mean, I mean, first of all, I just got to say, Pastor already done shared half the message, so I probably don't have to do as much work anymore. So I say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> right? <laughs> But today we get, I get to unpack the next gift, and that is the gift of God's love. Amen. And love is God's love, which, which you already saw in the video, talks about his unconditional, his amazing love, his saving love, love that conquers death, that brings life, that transforms, and love that's just so amazing and so powerful. Can I get an amen on that one if you believe that today? Amen. Now, love is something that we all need. Amen. We all need it. Studies show it. Even from babies, the one of the first things they tell you right away you study about children and babies is that they need physical contact. Those babies that get physical contact and get hugged and get held, they just do much better than babies who are not held. Amen. And then as you, as you study psychology and you go on, you realize that, that what the parents, the way that they love or that they don't love or the way that they care and show concern, uh, show concern not only affects the child in their, where they are right now, but in years to come. <laughs> Children are affected and they grow and they're shaped by their parents' love. And then uh, by, as they go on and they, and they, and they explore friendships, they, they are, we are changed by the way friends show love for one another. And then eventually, as we get older and become adults, we begin to look for love for one another, from another person. And we all, every one of us, desire to be loved. Can I get an amen on that one? We desire it. We look for it. And it fills us in so many ways. But then Tina Turner wrote a song years ago. And uh, you already know where I'm going. <laughs> and it simply says, what's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love, I bet you y'all can finish it, but a secondhand emotion. What's love got to do, got to do it? Who needs a heart when a heart has been broken? Amen. <laughs> Now, I know we all love that song, and I know I just dated myself, and some of y'all dated yourselves too. It's okay. <laughs> but the true value of the matter is, for some people, love feels that way. Because we experience hurt. We experience pain. We experience disappointment. So when, so when we think about love, sometimes it just brings, brings back bad memories. It brings back heartache. It brings back pain. Sometimes it deals with loss. We've lost someone. Um, sometimes it deals with because of divorce or, or just because someone passed away. So love sometimes hurts us. So sometimes we don't trust it. Well, sometimes we feel like as a result we have to earn it. And sometimes at any point in time we believe we just lost the ability to love or to be loved. If you believe that's possible, say amen. And that's the reality. So the, 
So when we sit here, we talk about God gives his gift, his love. The question is, well, you know, with all my heart, with all the situation, with all my past experiences of what has been good about love and what has been bad about love, what am I supposed to do with God's love? Because the reality of the matter is sometimes when we look at God and we, we hear about his love, sometimes it could just go in one ear and come out the other because, yeah, we, yeah, I know you say you love me. Yes, Lord, you love me. But I know this person said they love me. And they didn't really love me. I know I love this person here, and they just broke my heart. I know I love this person here, and now this person's just not in my life anymore. How can I truly have this love? Well, I just want to share with you three things. I'm not a long-winded preacher, so I don't, I don't try to keep it long. <laughs> Amen? So, but I, so I just want to share with you three simple things that, that God wants us to do with his love today. And the first thing he wants us to do is to accept his love. We want to accept, he wants you to accept his love today. John 3.16, which is of such a familiar portion of scripture that we've all heard and read and listened to so many times. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. First of all, I want to share with you, first of all, I think we need to take a moment to just reflect on what is God's love? What is this scripture telling us about God's love? It's first of all, it starts off by saying, for God himself so loved. He didn't just love, he so loved. I mean, there's an emphasis of this love, which means there's a manner in which he showed his love. How did he show his love? He showed because he gave his one and only son for us. He gave, not because of anything we had done or anything we could even say we had done. And at this point in time, none of us was even around or, around or were thought in our mother's and our father's house. But, he, but we were in his heart and his mind. He said he loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have any lasting life. How did he give? Philippians 2, 6 to 8 says this, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. But rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Here it is, God Almighty, creator, sustainer, deliverer, the one who created the heavens and the earth, who sits on high, who holds everything all together. It is this God who decided to humble himself, became flesh, experienced life, experienced hunger, experience pain, experience what you and me and so many of us go through throughout the days and throughout our lives. Hunger, hurt, pain, even temptation. But yet, he lived without sin and yet he gave of himself. Yet, he gave his life. He who could have just ordered the 10,000 angels to destroy every single one of his enemies. But no, he gave. He gave. You see, a lot of people can say a lot about I love you. I love you. But until they do something about it, you, you better believe they ain't done no real love you. Can I get an amen on that one? That's why she's able to say, what's love 
got to do with it? Because it's got to be more than just an emotion. It's got to be more than just that feelings and that ooh, ooh, ah, ah. No. <laughs> love. If you love me, do something about it. If you love me, show me. If you love me, love me, then give of yourself. And that's what God did. He gave of himself. He gave his only begotten son. Born of the Virgin Mary. Born and lived among us. He dwelt among us. And he lived among us. And then he died a sinner's death. He died on the cross, the worst kind of death at that time. He died what we should have died. Let's be real, because we were sinners. We were lost. Matter of fact, Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died. I don't know about you, but that always amazes me. Because that means, I, that, if I was a sinner, that means for me, that means I wasn't even looking for him. That means for me, as a matter of fact, I was against him. That means to me, as a matter of fact, I wanted to diss him. That means to me, as a matter of fact, I was dead. I was lost. I was in sin. I want to have nothing to him. Don't mention him to me. Don't talk to him about me. Let me do anything and everything I can do to avoid him. Because I'm a sinner. I'm dead. I'm lost. But while in state, in that point, while he saw that I was lost, while he saw that I was dead, while he saw me in my dirt and in my the mire and in the ground and, and just doing what I want to do, he said, I love you. I love you. Love you so much, I'm going to show you. I'm not just going to say I love you. I'm going to do something for you. And he gave. He gave his only begotten son. So it has nothing to do with what you can do. It has nothing to do even with what you have done. It has nothing to do with who you are or with who you, who you are or who you think you are. Whether you think you're the flyest thing in the world or you think you just hate your body or whether you think you, you, think you got it all together or you just think you a hot mess. Whatever it is, he says, I love you and I'm showing my love to you and all you need to do is accepted. There's nothing we can do to earn it. And that's, that's the amazing thing about the gospel. There's nothing we can do to deserve it. Because again, we're sinners. We're lost. We're dead. What can a dead man do to make himself live? Literally, realistically. I've never seen a dead man do anything to bring himself back to life. Can I get an amen on that one? There's nothing. We're lost. We're dead in our trespasses and sin. There's nothing we can do. But God sent his son. God sent him. Him who was life and life more abundant. Him who was life eternal came in so that we could have eternal life. So that we could live again. So that we can accept and believe. And that's all we have to do. And I know for some of us that's hard. Because some of us always goes back into, but don't you know what I did? 
But don't you know how I've been doing? But don't you know I went to you yesterday and I said sorry for this and I still went back to it again? And don't you know that I'm still going to probably go back? Even I can sit here and look good in church, but, to, but after church, I know I'm going to go back into the same old stuff and the same old mess. Don't you know who I am? Well, when it comes to God, yes, he does. But that's how he demonstrates his love. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. And this love is just simply amazing. And, it's, and it demonstrates. And it's beyond what even man can think. Because the truth of the matter is, when it comes to love, even, even in terms of marriage at times, our love is conditional. I mean, in marriage, you got to work. I don't know about anybody, any other marriage can say an amen to that one. But you got to work in marriage. marriage. Love just don't happen. <laughs> you got to take some work. She said, I got some applauses there. Oh, yeah, you know what I know what I'm talking You got to work it. You got to work it. You got to show love. You got you to gotta do things. Even when you don't feel like doing something, you still got to do it anyway. You just got to work at it. Because love doesn't just happen. But when it comes to God's love, God loves because he is love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Brethren, Brothers, let us love one another. Beloved of God, everyone that loves is born of God. Because he that loves God knows God. Why? Because God is love. The very essence, the very person of who he is, is love. So he's never going to stop loving you. Because that means he's going to have to stop being who he is. He loves you. He loves you. And what he challenges you to do is to say, accept it. Say, accept it. The problem is we have too much. Part of the reason why we can't accept his love is because we have too much memory. We remember. I remember this. I remember that. I remember this. But the scripture says that as far as the east is from the west, is as far as he, he removed your sins. He removed your transgressors. So you're trying to put something back, and he's like, where is that? I've never seen that before. Why? Because he already removed it as far as the east. So why are you bringing back some of this old stuff and some of this, look what I've done, and, and look where I'm at, and look who I've been, and no, I removed it. All you have to do is believe it. All you have to do is receive it. All you have to do even today is to say, yes, I believe. I accept your love. I accept your sacrifice. I accept that you had came on the cross and you had died for me. I accept that you are both my Savior and my Lord. And, when you and I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. And when you do that, his love is there. You have his love. You have his grace. You have his mercy. And then we can go on to the next place. Which where we not only accept his love, but then we can experience his love. We can experience his love. Now I just need to take a moment and just share with you how I experience God's love. Now I was... I was um, Born and raised in Bronx, New York. The BX Bronx. <laughs> yep. Born and raised in the Bronx. You know, and right on 168 in Nelson, I don't mind saying it. It's on, it's on Facebook. It's okay. <laughs> Born in the Bronx. And, and, and in that area, 
And then I, and I was born, and I had my mother in my life, but my, you know, my father, um, my mother, my father divorced when I was three years old. So I was always living with my mother, and and I was also born with a learning disability. So I was born, I had to go into special ed for so many years, and so as a result, I've always had this kind of feeling of like being less than, for lack of a better way of saying it. I've always had this struggle, even though I had my mother who loved me, and, and, and I had my grandfather in my life, and my, and my grandmother was like right across the street. I had people in my family who loved me, who loved me, who said that they loved me, but for me, I've always had trouble because I was, I was labeled as special ed. I had friends who would look at me, and if those of you who don't know me, my last name is Torres, so I, yes, I am Hispanic, and so half of you are like, oh, really? So it's okay, because <laughs> that's always happened. So <laughs> you are like, really, okay? And there's half of you, oh, I knew that already. But you know, that's how it's always been. So, but be, so because of that, some of the Spanish people who, who I thought I would be able to relate to because I, was, because I was Spanish, they would look at me and say, you're not really Spanish, so I really don't want to relate with you. And then I would try to relate with pe other people, and I would, I'd be because, because I look like I was Caucasian, but like I really don't want to relate with you because you look like you're Caucasian. And the other people, well, you're not because you're not who I am. I don't really want to relate to you either. So I always had trouble trying to connect and relate to people. So I always felt less than. Always felt that way, and then just looking at life and experiences and so on. When I got became a teenager, I got to a place where I kind of looked at God and I said to myself, I became what's 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 probably known as as a deist. I was kind of one of those people who believed that yeah, God exists. I had no problems believing God. My 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 mother raised me as as a Catholic. Um, as a Catholic for so many years, that we used to go to church back back when I was a child, I found out later on that the reason why she would send me to send me to Catholic church was because she wanted me to go into private school and it was cheaper if you were a Catholic child in private school. She, she admitted it. <laughs> she admitted it <laughs> because after a while we stopped going and I never knew why, and then I found out. <laughs> But <laughs> that's how it was. So I always had a belief in God. And then there were so many other different things that my grandmother would take me to different churches. So I had a multi-denominational background. I went to the Lutheran church. I went to a Baptist church. I went to the Pentecostal church. I went to a Methodist church. I always checked. I had my mother, my grandmother just was searching herself. So I would just search with her. So, you know, I had exposure to the gospel, to who God was. So, yeah, I had no problem saying, yeah, there is a God. But as far as I was current, God created the world. And then just left it alone. And kind of left us to fend for ourselves. He's up there, outside, just looking out, looking out and just kind of watching. But as the old, as the old sing song, she, he's from a distance. You know, remember that old song? So, so uh, that's, how I, that's how I really saw God. He's from a distance, he's watching, but he's not in my life. Fast forward to till I was 17 years old, I got um, actually, 16, I started dating. Um, I started dating in high school, and my girlfriend at the time got involved in the gospel choir. Now, who it is? This little Hispanic young man got anything to do with the gospel and choir? I don't know. <laughs> but because she was in there, I said, "Okay, I'm going there with you. Sure, I'll try it out. I know nothing, but I'm going to try it anyway." 
Son to find out, I liked it. So even after we break up, because you know high school romances, I'm sorry, most 90% of them just don't last. <laughs> that's not real statistics, but as far as I experience. But, <laughs> you know, they didn't, that relationship didn't last. But even though the relationship didn't last, I really liked singing. I found out I really liked singing. <laughs> Hence the reason why I'm still on the worship team, even though Pastor wanted me to just preach more. Sorry. <laughs> But because I still love to sing. <laughs> so I'm in the gospel choir. I found out I like singing. So, so, you know, I still stood with the gospel choir. But I'm singing about stuff I don't know. I have no clue what I'm singing about. <laughs> you know, oh, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of love, the dying glory. I'm like, I don't know what I'm singing. Blessed assurance. I don't have no idea. Oh, what a joy, peace. And no, I'm, no, I'm like, okay, I'm singing all these songs about Jesus, about God, about Christ. But I don't know him. I don't know, he's too far away from me, to me to know him. So, uh, so it's like, I don't know how to do this. So lo and behold, a person starts a Christian club in my school. Her name was Michelle. She starts a Christian club in my school. And, and so I just got there. I said, wait a minute now. I've been to church before, did that. And you know, it was, it was all right. But here it is, a Christian club. I'm singing about God, don't really know about him. Maybe this is a way I can find out about God and I have to go to church. Hey, that sounds like a good deal, right? Let me just go in there and I can learn and I at least know what I'm singing about and then I can know what I'm singing about and maybe sing it a little better. You know, <laughs> let me do that. So I go and so I go and introduce myself to her, to her and I was kind of struggling at first whether or not I should do it. I literally had a battle in my mind. I was just, yes, no, yes, no. And I finally said, let me just go. <laughs> and I went in there. And I began to, you know, um, say, you know, about the club. And the woman started sharing about the club. And then she asked me a question. She says, are you saved? And I said, and in my mind, I'm saying, saved from what? What in the world is she talking about? <laughs> I didn't say that to her, though. Don't worry. <laughs> I just was kind of like, maybe, <laughs> maybe, can you tell me more, you know, you know, trying to make it look like I had some sense, but, <laughs> but she, you know, she kind of picked up where I was, and then she began to just share the gospel, and everything that I just pretty much shared with you, she shared, the fact that, you know, God loves me, the fact that he came and gave his son to die for me, and, and the fact that he rose again, and the fact that we were sinners, but yet still God loved us. And she said, you know, do you want to accept and have a relationship with God and want to just accept his love? So, you know, again, I was thinking, hey, okay, I'll accept him, sure. In my mind, I'm thinking, why not? Again, I get to know about God, but not have to go to church. <laughs> you know, so this works out for me. So, sure, if it means I need to accept him, I'll accept him. And we began to pray. So she said, just repeat at me and pray. And so I began to pray, but lo and behold, at the moment when I really accepted, and, I, and I'm, to be honest, I accepted, I said, I'm really going to do this. I said, if this is what it takes, sure, you're not, because, you know, you know, I've talking to my mother in the past about being Christian, and she would say, you don't want to be a Christian, because then you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do, I said, but after a while, I was just like, well, that's what it takes, and whatever, <laughs> you know, but I said, so if this is what it takes to accept, I'll accept, and I accepted, and I'm praying, and she tells me to say this prayer, and I'm just praying, but at the same moment, praying, I begin to see my life, 
kind of flashing for me, before me, just different aspects of my life, from like when I lost my my godfather, from from life when I I thought you know there was one point where I just was having an asthma attack and I and I couldn't breathe and something told me to just open the window because I couldn't breathe and so I opened the window and as I opened the window I was able to breathe again and I and I began thinking about how one time I was in the bed and. And 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 my my sister, little sister had taught my older sister had taught me to do prayers, but I didn't do prayers that morning. And I was cold and I was shivering, and I'm and as I'm cold and shivering, trying to put the covers on me, I couldn't get warm, couldn't get warm. And I heard a voice tell me, "You need to pray. You need to pray." And I, I and I as I prayed and I got warm. I remember that point in my life. I remember other points in my life when I was just hurting and in pain. Those moments when I just kind of felt alone and scared. And, and and those moments when I felt like I just wanted to give up on on life, and I felt and I feeling that, that that loneliness, and feeling that that worthlessness, and feeling all these emotions come up, and I hear God say, "I was there." Simply saying, "I was there," as clear as can be, in my heart, He said, "I was there." And I bawled. Now, this, my, now you, you take a step back. This is school right now. This is after school. Thank God there was nobody around. <laughs> Thank God. But and I'm telling this girl that I hardly ever knew. Uh, but uh, you know. But here I am, and I was bawling because all my life I really thought he was far away. But at that moment, when I accepted him. I experienced the fact that he was right there. Amen. And he was always right there. Yeah. And ever since, ever since I've been going through, and I've gone through some heartache, I've gone through some pain, uh, you know, I've gone through even deep loss, but God was right there. Even, you know, and my wife shared about it, you know, how we experienced loss one time, and and she said, I was, the, I was a rock. But I said, you know, the only reason I was a rock was because I had the rock. Hallelujah. It really was because I had the rock. Because if you know my personality, I would have left, quit it, <laughs> got into a tunnel and hide for the rest of my life. Pastor knows me for so many years. He can attest to it. But it was because of God, because he was with me, because he was holy. He was there when the pain was going through. He, he's there with us. He experiences it with us. Romans 8, 38 to 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life. So when we experience death in our life, or when we just go through the stages of life, he says neither angels nor demons. There are times we just feel like we're in spiritual warfare. We feel like all oh, there's a heaven and hell is up against us. There are neither the present nor the future. So not even what you're going through now, not even what you see around you, not even what you think you'll see around you, not even what you think may come, or not even what may come, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers or rulers, any government. We're over here getting stressed about Trump and getting stressed about our government and getting stressed about the police and getting stressed about who's handling this. But not even any powers, not a height, nor death, anything that's right above. Anytime that you're looking back,
below. Nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing can separate you. He is with you. He is with you. He is for you. That is why Paul was able to say in that same chapter, if God be for me, who can be against me? He who did not spare his only son, but gave himself for me. He is for me. I am more than a conqueror because of Christ who loves me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. You can experience his love. You can experience his grace. You can experience his power. Oh, yes, he can keep you. Oh, yes, when he's hurt, when you're in pain, he can keep you. He can bring you through. He can bring you out. He can bring you above. Man, I, I one of the testimonies I love to share is when I I worked in the non I I work in the nonprofit. I've been working there for so many years, but my salary has been literally up and down. There have been times when it's been plentiful, and there's been times when it's just been down. Yeah. And here it is when we first got married. I I was I was making a certain amount of money. I was like working full time, and they literally gave me the news right after I got married. Not, I don't even know if it was two or three, remember my, like a month after I got married? I'm looking at my wife to make sure. <laughs> a month after I got married, my salary was literally cut in half. I was cut in half. And I was just like, Jesus? And then we had the nerve on top of that as a couple months later to move to Hackensack, New Jersey. Where in, where, where in Harlem, we were paying a couple of hundred for rent. Now those numbers were going into the thousands. Above a thousand for rent. That's a way. We were a couple of hundred. So now we're into thousand. And I suddenly went from being up here to now I'm down here. Are you serious? But I experienced God's love. So even though this was facing me, I said, God, I know you. I can experience your love. You have done it before. You can do it again. And we, and we just went. We just went. Why? Because we experienced God's love. And we just trusted him. And we just relied on him. And, and let me tell you, I have yet to have a day, a day, late, a day late of rent. I have yet, as a matter of fact, no, funniest story is one time the, the bank screwed up because, you know, I have an automatic payment. So the bank, for some reason, then I said in one day, my, 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 my landlord had a heart attack. He thought I died. <laughs> he called like, you all right? Everything okay? Everything go on? Did you lose your job? What's going on? I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, your rent was late. A day. I'm like, okay, it's been a day. I was like, okay, well, I know I sent it. I know I prayed it. I don't know what's going on. The next day, he's like, okay, everything's good. <laughs> We're good. We're back on track. <laughs> but it was because of God's 
grace. It's because of the experience. Of his, he, he loves me. It's because he loves me. And, he, and this is not just me. He loves you. He died for you. God shows the love. You're right there. He died for you. And he wants you to experience his love. He wants you to experience his grace. You can experience him providing for you. You can experience him keeping you. You can experience him holding you up. Now when you just want to cry and you just want to give up and you just want to let it all out, he can hold you. He can comfort you. That's why Paul was even able to say in Colossians, may the God of all comfort comfort you from the word, for every same comfort that you have received. You can give the same comfort because why? You can experience comfort that God gives. It's real. We can experience his love. And there are many ways we can experience his love. We can experience his love through his word. This is why we say, read your word. And not just read your word, study your word. Read it, study it, look at it. It's a love letter to you. From Genesis 1-1, from in the beginning, God, right there, created the heavens. It's from the beginning. He's doing all that he does and he forms and creates creation. Why? Because he's getting ready for the apex of his creation which is us. He does everything that he does because of us. And then even when the relationship gets broken in Genesis chapter 3, right there you say, right there he already prophesies, although you have, although you have bruised his heel, I'm going to bruise your head. He's prophesying already about restoring the relationship that was broken. It's a love letter from Genesis all the way to Revelation. God's love there is funny. Experience it through his word. And then you can experience it through worship. And that's what we experience today. That's why I was like, I was like man, I said every time, it's either Barry or Marolo. They always just get in my sermon. I don't know how. I don't know where. I think, they just, I think the pastor gives them notes beforehand. I don't know what he does. <laughs> no, I know it's not that the case. But, <laughs> but truly, we can experience his love. Even in worship. That's why we sing. That's why we sit there and say, raise your hands and sing this song. We're not just trying. This is not just about emotionalism. This is about worship. This is about experiencing his love. As you share your love for him, he pours his love upon it's a relationship it's real this is real love it's real sharing it's as you declare as you proclaim as you praise him and say thank you Jesus as you remember his goodness and you remember what he has done and you say thank you I appreciate you I thank you for all that you are thank you for who you are I thank you that you are a keeper that you are a healer that, that you are God almighty that you are the creator as you begin to say these things God begins to pour his love back on you and you can hear him. You can, I don't know about you, I, I, maybe it's just my Pentecostalness, but you can feel him too. <laughs> yes, you can, you can feel him. You can experience. It is an experience of his love. And you can feel it as you worship. And you can feel it as you pray. As you begin to make your requests known, let the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard your heart and mind as you make prayers and supplications. He, he covers you. And you allow your so to speak he will speak he will speak he will speak to you I remember I remember I'll never forget this and I remember one time this is back when I was a teenager and I got into an argument I was getting into an argument with my mom and you know newly saved and 
and I was just getting into an argument. I was just getting mad. I was just about to like, uh, you know, teenagers. <laughs> I was about to lose it. <laughs> and I was about to be, get into, about to, about to yell. And my mother, let me tell you something about my mother. She is, she is but, but four foot 11, but I am scared of that woman. So I don't know if I would be alive right now if I would have <laughs> actually. <did. laughs> but I was, so I was about to get mad and I heard the spirit of God in the midst of this situation say peace. That's all I heard was peace. And you should have seen my anger just literally, even my face countenance just started to change. And I just went from to at that moment. Why? Because I, all it takes is a word from the Lord. But that one word from the Lord. But that comes from experience. And worship, experience in the word, experience in, sh in prayer, and then experience with each other. As we worship together, as we pray together, as we seek God together and learn from each other, we can see God's love in each other and experience that. Which brings me to my last and final point. We need to share God's love. Amen. This season... It can be so difficult for so many, especially for those who experience loss. You know, last year I lost my grandmother, and then my mother got, got into a nursing home because she had a stroke. But I, I, I said, I'm determined this year to still celebrate. I'm determined this year. I'm, I'm, I'm already putting in my sister's ear, like, we still need to do something. Because we need to celebrate. God is still good. God is still amazing. And we still have people that we can still celebrate with. So, you know, we still have, I still have my sisters. I, I still have my cousins. I, I still have so many things I can still celebrate about. So, I, so, so we need to share that love. Because there's so many people who feel like they don't. There's so many people who are grieving. There's so many people who don't want to go anywhere and do anything because it's just all they do is remember. But we need to share his love today. We need to share his grace. That which we have freely received, we must freely give. Because, and, and, and the beauty about it is, is that when we share that love, we get it back in return. Even if it's not from the person. It doesn't have to be from the person. We just get it back. It was, yeah, I was about 1920. 20, no, I wasn't 20, no. I was in my last year of high school, and I led someone to Christ. And I did this in the spirit. That was the greatest moment. Just sharing God's love. Sharing God's love. And what you have, get, what God has given you as you accept and then as you experience, you need to share it with others. Share his love, share his grace. Because people are hurting. People are, are literally feel like they're dying. But we have the answer. We have a love that never fails. We have a love that is unlike any other. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to do anything for it. It's there for us. All we have to do is accept it. And then experience it. And the challenge for this season, share it. Share it. Share it. If there's somebody who should be here, who needs to be hearing these messages, share it. There's somebody who you feel that, that, that has a need that you know of, 
share God's love. That's why I'm grateful that we're doing the thing, doing the, the gifts for the kids. Why? Because we're just showing them love. Again, not because they earned or, or because they did this or that, but just because of who they are. Don't even know their names. But I want you to know I love you. And I'm doing something to show you that I love you. So, as we close, first I want to challenge those who might be in here and have not accepted God's love. He loves you. Yes, he, yes, I can share about how he loves me, but I'm telling you, he loves you. He sent and he showed it. It's not just words. History has recorded. He showed it. He loved you. He demonstrated his love that while you were yet a sinner, God loves you. Just going to share this one scripture, 1 John 4, 9 to 11 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. He loves you. And my challenge to you is all you need to do is accept it. It's to believe it. It's to receive it. So if you're here today and you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, just raise your hands because we want you to just accept Him. And we want to help you to just accept Him. Because I can guarantee, as I've experienced, and so many of us here can say, we've experienced, once you accept his love, you will experience his love. And then for others, you may be going through a tough time right now. You may be one of those people who've been experienced loss or a grief or this season is hard for you. But I want to encourage you. You can experience his love. His love is still there for you. As you worship, as you read, as you study, he's there. And so we want to pray for you. Those of you who may be going through at this time, during this season, and you just want to experience more of his love. Let's pray for you. We want to pray for you. For anyone who needs to experience his love. Then finally, for those who just, I want to challenge you. Who need to be challenged to share God's love. Share his love. And that's something, in all honesty, we can all do. So I don't think anyone, I need to get anyone to come up. I think we all need to stand on that one, to be honest with you. We need to share God's love. 
experience knowing what you have experienced. Let's stand. Knowing what you have experienced. Remember what God has done in your life. Remember how you've accepted him and how he has shown his love to you, how he continues to show his love to you. Now think about that person who needs that love. That one. Not asking for three or five or at least one. And whatever it is, doesn't have to be big. It could just be checking on them. Just be calling them a phone call. It could just be giving them a card. But whatever it is, whatever God is telling you to do to share his love, let's commit to that in prayer, even now. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. And we thank you that as we have accepted your love, you have poured out your love upon us in so many ways. We have experienced your grace. We have experienced your mercy. We have experienced your power, Lord God Jesus. And we can rejoice and think of your goodness and, and thank you again and again because you are good and your mercies endure forever, Lord God. Thank you that we can experience your love, Lord God. But Lord, we know those who might not experience that love, Lord God. I pray for those, Lord God, that you would touch them, that you would move in their lives, those who are hurting, those who are in pain, those who experience loss and, and are grieving, Lord God. Touch and heal, Lord God. And help us as believers, Lord God, who have experienced your love to share. Whatever it is you desire to do, as you speak to our hearts even now, Lord God, help us to commit to do just that. Lord God, to share a card, uh, to share a verse, Lord God, uh, to make a phone call, Lord God, uh, to pray, Lord God, Jesus. Whatever you are calling us to do even now, Lord God, help us to do just that, that we would share your love. And Father, we thank you once again for your love. For you are faithful. You are awesome. You are mighty and magnificent. And we appreciate you because you love us. You really love us. You really, really love us, Lord God. Thank you for your love this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise.